0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best?
1: It's possible. It's possible. This is the GM Shuffle. The difference maker, the guy who tilts the field, the guy who is, you got a handicap, is the one quarterback, and that's him, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's the only, he is the great equalizer in this game. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and V-CIN. is Femi Abebefe.
0: Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and v I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever You get your podcast. Our producer Elliot Bowman with us on the ones and twos, and we have finally made it Thursday of waste management open week. That's why Michael's down in Phoenix, I believe. The waste management, yeah. Or or is it? Or is it an NBA trade deadline day? That's why you're down there. Kevin Durant, have you seen him yet? I mean, how about the city of Phoenix? How about the city of (laughs) Phoenix? I mean, my lord.
1: Yeah, I know Philadelphia's the city of champions, but I mean Phoenix is roaring today. I mean, my lord, Durant coming to town. Poor Cam Thomas. I mean, he was he had such a promise. <laughs> you know I mean oh my god somebody tweeted a picture of him out there he was like Avon's Sparksdale's nephew you know it's like oh my god I just got traded now I'm in this so oh my life, goodness. life moves on I mean you know at the end of the day Brooklyn you know they had such great hopes but you know, when you bring Brent, Ben Simmons on your team, they can, things can scatter <laughs> around. I guess. I mean, I guess so. At the end of the day, they had a, they have a ton of assets, but was it really worth it? You know, it's a lesson to learn. It's going to be a thirty for thirty. There's no doubt in terms of team building and how this is constructed and how it all plays together. You know, it, it, it's like. Yeah, it looks good on paper, but paper doesn't win, and now it's been destroyed.
0: It might be a 10 for 10, because I'm not sure if they have enough footage of Durant, Harden, and Kyrie together. Only 16 games with those guys. But let's get into what everybody oh, that, really yeah. is here for, though, Michael. The Super Bowl, in all jokes aside, is coming up on Sunday. This is our final preview episode for Super Bowl 57 Chiefs and the Eagles. We'll give our predictions coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's talk some of these storylines that we've seen throughout the week here, and Michael. Some of the storylines that I wanted to get into was about the team building and how these two... Two teams got there: the Eagles on one side, the Chiefs on the other side. But do you think that these organizations over the offseason did they had anything in common to the get to this point here, where they find themselves one win away from hoisting the Lombardi Trophy?
1: You know, I think they took different paths. I mean, obviously, with Andy Reid, and if you just study his career from the time he got the first head coaching job in Philly, you know, he selects Donovan McNabb, and then he trades Donovan McNabb, and kind of goes through that Kevin Cobb, and then he goes to Kansas City and trades for Alex Smith, and then he moves up to get Patrick Mahomes. So it's always been quarterback-centric and kind of moving the football, whereas Philly has been about offensive and defensive linemen since the time Jeff Lurie bought the team. uh, You know, that's always been his belief. And so it's kind of been different, but it's similar in the sense that they're able to create an offense around the quarterback that they have. And give Philly credit for developing Jalen Hurts, for him to be in this game, considering that the guy was benched in a championship college game, because he couldn't really throw the ball effectively. And for them to develop this offense around him and then feed their team i i think it's two different paths similar but different and and hats off to him i mean this whole notion that jerry jones said they went all in i mean what a joke that is i mean the eagles have never gone all in i mean they still have two number one picks now you know what I think we're going to learn as we go forward is that that there are some p- bills you have to pay when you kind of have a lot of really good players on your team like Philadelphia does and Patrick Mahomes making so much money. But I think they've taken different but similar paths. It's all centered
0: around getting the
1: most out of the quarterback.
0: Well, It's interesting that you said the bills that had to be paid because on the Kansas City side, I think they kind of paid that bill this offseason when they traded Tyreek Hill. I was skeptical that they could get back to this point without him sending him to the Miami Dolphins. And here they are. They kind of reinvented themselves, relied on a lot of rookies, and I guess relied on the greatness of Patrick Mahomes because they find themselves here once again in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's really impressive what Brett Veach in that front office has done.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've added nice pieces. I mean, look, you know, they, they, the Clydes Edwards-Hilaire wasn't exactly as good as Jonathan Taylor. They overcome that, and they get Pacheco in the seventh round, and he ends up looking like he could be their best running back. So I think that's part of it. I think you have to be able to develop from within, and I think Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit for player development. I mean, he's demanding on his coaches. He's demanding on the players, you know, and he's willing to take risk. I mean, they take character, guys, that most people wouldn't, starting with Tyreek Hill. I mean, that guy was off everybody's board, and yet they took him, and they got him in the program. and he's been able to get away with a lot of that guys where he focuses on them and be able to kind of get them Frank Clark another example guy you know Seattle was a little reluctant about his off the field and Andy took him and and, and kind of has been able to uh, get a little bit more out of him than most people have so you know that's it's just the, the nature of what they do and yeah I think this year with trading Tyreek Hill You know, I mean, they just have gone back to Kelsey's their main guy. Scanling is kind of going to separate the field, and they're going to spread the ball around and use his offense. We'll see if it plays. But I think the one effect of all this for both teams Mm -hmm. is one team ranks 32nd in special teams. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs the other team ranks 31st and that's the Philadelphia Eagles you can't have everything right you know yeah. and that's where they suffer and the longest play of the punt return game was Sly Moore's 29 yarder that was their best play in special teams all year
0: it came at the most opportune time yeah talk about right place right time with that one Was Sky Moore setting them up to get into field goal range there on the Philly side though People talked about the whole all in thing, like you mentioned, Jerry Jones saying that, like that was, it could not be fu- could not be further from the truth there. But they did make some shrewd moves. And I thought what they did in free agency, signing Hassan Reddick from Carolina, one of the kind of more under the radar moves, because everybody was talking about all the receiver money, the quarterbacks changing teams. There goes Philly signing Hassan Reddick. Reddick gets 16 sacks. Oh, then on draft night, they traded with Tennessee to acquire A.J. Brown. And on draft night, I said, I don't think a team has ever won the division on draft night, but the Eagles might have just done that. I, I mean, this team, Howie Roseman, what they've been able to do in an acquiring draft picks and building a roster around their quarterback and Jalen Hurts, Howie Roseman is probably going to win executive of the year later tonight at the NFL Honors.
1: You know, I, I think for sure you will. But, uh, you know, look, the, the one thing I think you can learn from Philly is you always want to build strength on strength. You know, this is a big Al Davis thing. Al Davis used to say all the time, if you have two great pitchers in baseball, don't trade a gr- and not hitting, don't trade a great pitcher for a hitter and now just be average in two areas. And I think the Eagles have have done that. They built strength on strength. Their defensive line was good. It was really good, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yet they add Hassan Riddick to make it even better. And then they draft Jordan Davis to make it even better. To me, that's the way you do things in the NFL. You build strength. San Francisco's built strength on their defensive front, and that's the way you win games. I mean, this game's going to come down to real simple. right? When you break this game down, it's going to come to which team can protect and which team can rush the passer, and it's going to come down to a simple thing. When we played in our backyards, right? If, if Mahomes is facing three Mississippi, he's going to lose the game. If Mahomes is able to get them to count to five Mississippi, he's going to win the game. So it's as simple as that, right? And the Eagles tried to build their team around making it a three Mississippi game. And they put all their resources in a defense alignment. Yeah, they went and got a receiver, but one of the things that characteristics about A.J. Brown that helps them is he can block, he's tough, yep. you know, and he's great yards after the catch. It's one of the things I have a problem with Baltimore. Baltimore, to me, doesn't build their offense around the strengths of their quarterback. They just add pieces and hope the quarterback's going to make everybody better. I think Philly was strategic in every move they made
0: do we have the two best teams in football because you look at their profiles and how they mirror each other and i saw this tweet from field yates about a week ago both of these teams 16 and 3 overall record both of them have scored 546 points both of them have six all pros including a kelsey brother and a quarterback and then both of them the number one seeds in their respective conferences are these the two best teams at the end of the day in football
1: You know, and and let me add another thing. To me, the most important stat in all of football is first-half point differential, right? Whoever Mm -hmm. gets the lead at halftime should be the best team. The Eagles are the best team in that. They average 18.6 points per game. They only give up nine. I mean, they have like a plus-nine-six ratio in that area. The Chiefs get 15 points at 15.5. They give up 10 points in the first half. So they only have a 4.6. So to me, whenever you want to see who's going to the Super Bowl week eight of the season, go just look at first-half point differential. The teams that build the lead... In the first half are the teams that typically are going to get to the final four, and they're going to go forward. It rare. It's a rare exception that a team in the in the eight to the Giants did it when they were when they won the Super Bowl that year. They were yeah. in the eighteen nineteen area. But most of the often it's it's teams that can build the lead and can extend the lead in the second half. So yeah, I do think these are the two best teams. Now, I think the one area I think Philly's a more complete team in terms of their whole talent level on every single aspect of their team. But the difference maker, the guy who tilts the field, the guy who has you got a handicap, is the one quarterback and that's him at Patrick Mahomes. I mean he's the only he is the great equalizer in this game.
0: What do you think a win would mean for Patrick Mahomes and his legacy? Because everyone's kind of talking about Mahomes as being a potential all-time great. And I think he's already st- stacking that resume to be one of those types of guys. But another Super Bowl. Oh, you're going
1: down the da- Danny I mean, O road. You're going down the da- – I saw him in here at Media Row. I was going to, like, ask him and say, do you know who Otto Graham is, Danny O? Do you have any <laughs> idea? There's Joe Montana sitting over here. Why don't you go talk to Joe Montana? You know? like, did, did, like, maybe did, did you, you guys might want to exchange- have a conversation <laughs> with Joe. You're, <laughs> did, did you you're walking expl- around here getting Interviewed by everybody. Maybe you should have a conversation with Joe over here. You know, there's a guy named Otto Graham who was really good. Have you ever heard of Sammy Ball? You know, have you ever heard of these guys? Well, they couldn't. How about Johnny Unitas? Have you ever heard of him before? Well, he couldn't play today. You're so full of shit. He couldn't. Johnny Unitas would dominate today. Look, you just can't have that. You know, there's a great thing when you when you are a coach, right? You're a mm-hmm. young coach, right? You, you've you played the game before. You can't coach the game the way you played. You gotta understand it. Like I, I talk about this in, in Football Done Right. When I got on the team bus and I had to sit behind Coach Walsh, he was doodling Clark Shaughnessy plays in a seat in front of me. And he would tell me what tapes or what, what he wanted me to get him so he could continue learning about the game from the past which brings the game to the, for, to the present. And so, if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't understand the past, it's hard to move forward. How do you characterize Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. Otto Graham won 10 championships. Is he going to get to Otto Graham's level? Maybe. You know, certainly he is uniquely talented. Mm-hmm. And he makes plays that are unscripted. You know, for all the greatness of Andy Reid as a coach, and it's tremendous, the plays that often define the Chiefs' outcomes are the plays that Mahomes make in the red area or out in the third down, the third and 17 to Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl win against San Francisco. He buys time. Bosa doesn't keep him in the pocket. He moves, and he finds Tyreek Hill down the field. You know, and so he makes those plays, those unscripted plays that Mahomes make, are just so rare, and that would make him so special.
0: Mahomes is trying to do something that nobody has done since Kurt Warner in 1999, and that's win regular season MVP, the Super Bowl and also Super Bowl. MVP we'll see if he can accomplish that uh, also on the Andy Reid front he's the only coach in league history who's won 100 plus games for two different organizations if he adds another Super Bowl to his uh, trophy case there that could be definitely a big time boost in his resume here but I think we'll have a lot of time on Monday he's already Look, going. He's going in the Hall of Fame but he might mean, go, he's he, already in the Hall of Fame he might go to the special class of the Hall he might be in the penthouse of the Hall of Fame if he can use, yeah. he can use to add some of these Super Bowls there yeah. but uh, I think that we'll have a lot of time to discuss what means for the eagles what it means for the chiefs on monday after the game but michael let's take our first break and let's dive into the x's and o's here of super bowl 57 chiefs and the eagles 168 hours after issuance, see DKNG.com/slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's get into the X's and O's, the nitty-gritty of no, this matchup on Sunday.
1: I mean, we got, we got to talk about the menu here in, in Phoenix. We got to hit that first. So, <laughs> you, you know. Hit that? Okay. <laughs> I want to, I mean, you you, you would have loved it last night. I mean, I could have seen you sitting at the head of the table. There's sweat coming down you as you're eating pizza. But we got into Pizza Bianca last night, kind of did the Henry Hill thing. We just started uh-huh. just tipping our way. Whoever's in our way, just tip them, right? And eventually we got in with, with really kind of a, we did the, did you ever see the movie uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know? Mm-hmm. And when that scene where he's there and he's kind of bluffing his way to get a table, yep. you know, and, and so I think we, we kind of worked on that. And, and, of course, a little bit of green cash never helps. So we got in. I got to tell you, if you ever come to Phoenix, I recommend it strongly. It was unbelievable. It's a great spot. Welcomed us in. And uh, Brian Musburger, Mitch and Pauly, we were all there. Okay, uh, Dustin was there. We had a great old time. So I, I, I did fulfill. I crossed off one of the things on the checklist when I came to Phoenix, which was go to Pizza Bianca. It's awesome.
0: Mission accomplished. I mean, that's like Las Vegas. Is you can get anything you want if you're willing to pay for it. So you just got to
1: do the Henry Hill thing. You can't do it. You, you can't be like Barbershop Mike. Barbershop Mike would just like he never tipped. Like it was unbelievable. Like I said, you got to tip that guy. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's what he did.
0: Just tip the guy. Which is strange for being a barber because you always got to tip your barber when you get a haircut. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know, he. I don't think he ever got. I don't think he ever understood that you have to tip the maitre d'. Like that's how you get service. Mm-hmm. You know. Thank God I watched. Thank God I watched Goodfellas. Or else I would have never known it. He wasn't get taught that by a Barbershop.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys got out there to uh, Pizza Bianca. They're definitely feeling a little bit jealous here in Vegas, but I'll have to treat myself to something else maybe later this weekend. Uh, let's get into the X's and O's, though, with the Super Bowl, and I want to yeah. start Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense because you talked about it in the first segment here. Can the Eagles make this a three Mississippi game versus a five Mississippi game here? How do you see these two teams matching up schematically and also when the trenches there, Chiefs offensive line, Eagles defensive line?
1: I think this is the challenge of the game, right? If you like the Eagles, you're going to say to yourself, the Eagles will dominate up front. I mean, look, the Chiefs have struggled to block good fronts. I mean, go back to watch the Tennessee tape. They struggled to block Tennessee. I know Tennessee gave up almost 500 yards in that game. They only gave up 20 points It had to go to overtime. It took two Mahomes scrambles, 17, 20 yards and 14 yards to get the game to overtime. They forced them into 19 third downs, Tennessee did, 19 third downs. The biggest play of the game was a 33-yard pass to Hardman. So Philly's got to be able to take the approach – Keep the ball in front no big plays tackle and just keep putting pressure on mahomes and at some point they've got to be able to say we don't want we can't let you run the ball on us right everybody's focusing on the eagles run defenses well andy doesn't really want to run the ball i mean that's one of the big big things in the league is force andy to keep throwing he threw 68 times against tennessee and mahomes did in that game so I think this game's going to come down to Philly stopping the run early and forcing Mahomes, I know this sounds strange, to throw the ball so that they can utilize their strength, which is their defensive front, against a weakness. And I don't know if it's a true weakness, but it is one of the areas of deficiency the tackles of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Orlando Brown struggles against speed mm-hmm. to power. He really, he knows he's not a left tackle. He knows he can't protect the edge all the way around. And Mahomes knows it too. Mahomes does a great job of of climbing the pocket because he knows Orlando's not very good on out, speed outside. And so he's got to be able to handle the speed to power on the outside from sweat. And they've got to be able, Wiley's got to be able to block Riddick, which is going to be a hard matchup. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is where this game's going to come down to and the more plays Tennessee ran Tennessee had to play 91 plays against uh, against them when they played the more plays they have to play then all of a sudden the offensive line gets worn down. And that's really was Cincinnati's game plan. Cincinnati basically rushed three or rush four, and they were able to force those tackles to have to handle their edges. And their edges did a great job. And then your edges have to have the speed to go catch Mahomes when he starts moving around. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think this is where the Eagles gain an advantage, and if it doesn't show up early in the game and you're embedding this game, this is kind of what's going to make you believe the Chiefs have a chance to win. If the Chiefs play better up front, it'll, it'll it'll show up early, and it'll show up in the first quarter.
0: You mentioned that the Eagles could be susceptible to a little bit of the run game. Do you think that the Chiefs, if they committed to it, would be able to run the football on Philadelphia?
1: Well, they're never going to commit to it, right? They're going to run it, and they're going to run the jet sweep. They're going to, what they're going to try to do is is spread you horizontally to then get you vertically. The, what what Cincinnati did is Cincinnati lined up in a five man front. They covered the guards in they covered the guards and center, and they had two edges outside. So they tried to force the ball to take away the jet sweeps to take away. And they basically said, "You're not running the ball on us, Mahomes. You're, if you beat us, you're going to beat us on one leg." And, you know, I'm not sure he did beat them. I mean, he made enough plays, but, you know, Cincinnati giving up that return, putting the ball down the middle, that was that was the issue. So I think that's got to be Philly's game plan. Look, we're going to take our chances. We know it's hard to take Kelsey out of the game. But the reality of it is, is if we give up 200 yards rushing like we did when we played them in week four of the season, they ran the ball 32 times in that game. Edwards Hilaire was the leading rusher in that game. They ran it 32 times against the Eagles and gained 200 yards. The Eagles, the Eagles, the the, the Chiefs had the ball eight possessions. One of those possessions was a kneel down. So they really only had seven possessions in the game. They never punted. They scored six touchdowns and threw an interception. So to. They they can't have that, right? So they're gonna have to take something away. And I think if they force Reed to get this into a sixty pass game or a fifty pass game, that strength, that becomes more of a factor for the Eagles defensive front to dominate. And I think that's gotta be the game. And I think that's gotta be the game plan. I don't think can I don't think the Eagles are fearful of any other
0: receiver on the team except for they got they know they gotta handle Kelsey. Yeah, I think Kelsey's the guy that everybody... It's like key in on Kelsey, but everybody's been talking about that, and he still has these 10, 12-catch games. Just well, like because the they move stop.
1: him around all the time. So yeah. they line him up outside. They line him up in the slot. You know. So, and, and look, everybody in the media calls Kelsey a tight end. Nobody in the industry thinks Kelsey's a tight end. When mm-hmm. Kelsey's on the field... You know, he is a receiver, so they match that to them because they know they're not running the ball behind Kelsey, right? And, and look, I'm not diminishing Kelsey at all. I mean, I think to me, if I were Kelsey's agent, I'd say, yeah, you're a receiver. You should be paid like the top receivers in football because he is a top receiver. He's Devontae Adams and Kelsey are the same player. They're, they're great they're great they tilt the field but he's not a tight end and because he's not a tight end you got to match up to it so when he's on the field and they have three receivers they're really in 10 so you got to be alert for outside you got to be alert for the draws the screens all those things but you're not worried about any power run game the key to this game is think about this FEM. you know what, what do i say i wrote this for vsun.com online one of the key parts of all these games is deciding who wins third and two who wins who who, who, who controls the possession down when it's third and short right? The Chiefs are 32nd team in the league in that area. Why? Because they really don't have power in the offensive line, because they really don't have a tight end that can knock you off the ball, so they can't get into formations where they're just going to say, okay, we're going to run the ball for two yards. What they have to do is what we call dick'em. They got to, oh, we're going here, but no, we're going there. You know, we're going to run sprint right option. We're going to run, you know, I mean, the touchdown pass to Kelsey in the Cincinnati game was sprint right option. It exactly. got held, and then Kelsey moved around and, and, and made a play. So, the Eagles know that going in. They're not going to power the Eagles off the ball. So Andy Reid's playlist is going to have a numerous amount of passes on third and one, third and two, because he knows he can't just stick it up in there and run it. And I think that's because they don't have that ability to ever control the edge. So to me, that's another factor in the game.
0: Yeah, I think mean, that's a really good point. When we'll talk props in this next segment about... The chiefs and how often they might pass the ball here how about on the other side of the football though chiefs defense versus the eagles offense the eagles very multiple run game a lot of pass catchers there how do you think the chiefs try to slow them down
1: I think getting Snead back is huge for the Chiefs, right? So they get, I think he's playing, right? So, yep. I mean, that's the understanding. He's going to play. So that, that really helps him. Look, here's the Chiefs' mentality on defense Spagnola wants to create havoc. He wants to create a negative play somehow, some way. He wants to play man to man. He wants to create a negative play. The challenge for him is can he control Hurts in the pocket? If you go back and watch the San Francisco game, the San Francisco defensive ends did a great job of rushing up the field. And as soon as they got even with Hurts, they closed it down. Mm-hmm. They moved it down, and their tackles try to push the guards back, so they could keep make Hertz a pocket passer. That's not a negative; that's just a reality, right? We want Hertz to make a pocket. We don't want him moving and running with the football. Because when you play man-to-man against the Eagles and you turn your back to Hurts, he could take off and run easily if he escapes the pocket. And I don't want to hear this shit about a spy. Spies are only good on television, right? <laughs> Spies typically don't work, right? No espionage. They work on TV, the Americans. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they work for the Americans. They don't work on in there. you got to be able to control him with their pass rush. So to me, that's the real challenge here for the Chiefs is how they coordinate their pass rush. It's not going to be how much they play man-to-man. They're going to play man-to-man. And especially when they watch the San Francisco game, they know San Francisco wasn't really intimidated by the receivers. They felt like they could handle them. They got to tackle them, but they felt like they could handle them. And one of the things is they know Ward, who they had, right? Mm -hmm. They watch Ward play against them, so they have a sense of, okay, he covers these guys, maybe we can as well. And I think you'll see that. But what he's going to try to do is create a negative play. You know, run a five-man pressure that knocks him into second and seventeen and try to get them backed up and make it work that way. I think the two tapes he'll watch a lot of, I think he'll watch the Washington tape to try to make sure that they force him into some mistakes. And I think that's ultimately the way you got to stop him. Do I think Hurts runs the ball in this game? Yeah, I think they're going to start trying to make it look like he is going to be the runner in the game. And I think that the Chiefs are going to have to take him away.
0: You know, it's interesting because I don't think anybody really expects the Chiefs to get a ton of pressure with just their front four. It's going to have to be sending some of those blitzes they're like Spags likes to do here. If they don't get the Eagles into second and long and kind of behind the sticks, behind schedule, can the Chiefs consistently get off the field if they don't do that?
1: So I think the game to watch, if you're watching the game on Sunday, the, the game within the game to watch is Kelsey versus Spagnola. Right, so what Kelsey is really a smart, smart player, right? And so Kelsey makes all the line calls. If you watch games after the game, Kelsey and the defensive coordinator usually have a conversation, the opponent defense coordinator, mm-hmm. because it's really that they all know that's the chess match. So you know when the Giants played, and Mart- he walks over to Martindale, and Martindale walks over to him, hey, you got me on this play, you got me on that play, right? He he kind of has the ability to get him in the right call. And understand where the pressure is coming from. He's the quarterback of the protection schemes in like New England scheme or or the Raiders scheme with Josh McDaniels. Brady did all that. Brady, you know, rerouted the protection. Brady changed the protection. He audible. Kelsey does that. So that to me is going to be the challenge: is can he can Spagnola dupe Kelsey? Can he find a way to make Kelsey think he's doing A but really does B? And I think that's the game within the game. And you gotta really pay close attention to that. That's where all the action's gonna take place. And and I think that ultimately he does a great job, but at times he gets fooled and Spagnola does a really good job of kind of disguising what he wants to do. But one of the things Spagnola's liabilities show up is if they blow a coverage, if they mm-hmm. kind of make a mistake because they think, you know, not everybody gets communications correctly. So I think there's the game within the game.
0: We've talked a lot about the players here, but we know football is chess on grass. What about the coaching staffs here? You have the Andy Reid, two weeks to prepare, everything that goes along with that. Nick Sirianni, who apparently presses all the right buttons on game day with the in-game coaching decisions here. Which coaching staff do you give the advantage to?
1: You know, I, I wrote about this too. So to me, I think this is gonna come down to, you know, who can avoid losing first? And I know everybody thinks you gotta be aggressive in these big games, but I think the risk rewards gotta be measured carefully here. And I think a lot of, you know, people talk about game management on Sunday, Game management starts on Tuesday. Like, how are we handling this situation? What are we doing in this situation? And, and I think because of the Eagles having that rugby formation and that ability to convert some of these, I think it helps their game situation a lot better. They're really good at getting those short yardage plays. So I think that helps them. And I, and I think ultimately their ability to use the quarterback in the run game gives them the opportunity that when they do take that fourth down, I think if they get Kearns back their punter, that may help field position, but I think in this sense, neither team's going to respect field position as much. I think they're going to be a little bit more risk-averse, risk risk risk-averse, not risk-averse. I think they're going to take some risk mm-hmm. to to create, to keep the ball away and limit possessions. Once again, this is going to be a an eight or nine possession game, and you've got to maximize that as best as possible. So, you know... Uh, Sariani uses the analytical area. I think Andy Reid does it by feel. I'm sure he has somebody in the booth helping him But I, I think ultimately this is going to come down to your preparation And I think the Eagles have a broader a more dynamic team in the sense of they can execute that short yardage play Which helps when you're managing games
0: last thing before we take another break Which kicker do you trust more uh, Harrison Butker or Jake Elliott?
1: You know, it's interesting. I Jay Feely on the show yesterday, and we talked about that. Buck, he still thinks Buckers hurt, you know, even though he's kind of muddling through it. Buckers missed three extra points, mm-hmm. not very good outside of 40 yards. He's got five misses outside of 40 yards, whereas Elliott's only had one miss outside of 40 yards, including the 50 yard. I, I count 40 and 50. To me, that's the turnover range. Yep. You know, you miss a kick there, that's a turnover. You miss a kick in the 30, it's a turnover, too. But most of these guys typically don't. And the extra points are going to be critical, too, because, look, let's face, You know, one point kind of gets you off schedule, and then you chase that point forever. Uh, I trust Elliott more than I do Bucker. I just don't know if Bucker's healthy.
0: This is going to be a really fun game talking this out. I'm getting more and more excited for Sunday. Michael, let's take another break on the other side. We'll try to apply these X's and O's numbers to the prop betting that we'll have on Super Bowl Sunday. This is the GM Shuffle. One of the fun things about Super Bowl Sunday is the prop betting. And here at VEASAN, we do a lot of betting. And, Michael, I think you are also dabbling into some of the props or recommending some plays on the props. And from talking with you about the X's and O's, especially on the KC offensive side, you mentioned that at all times, they're going to be looking to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands, not really knocking off that Eagles defensive line off off the line of scrimmage there, which leads me to believe Mahomes passing attempts and Mahomes completions would maybe be a prop over that you would want to get in on. I'm looking at these numbers here. The attempts for Mahomes is at 38 and a half. The completions 25 and a half. Would you go over on both?
1: I would. I would because I think part of the run game in this game is going to be the ability to kind of spread them out and throw quick throws. So there's going to be long handoffs. And then whenever there's long handoffs, that means the passing count's going to go up. And so I do think that. I think it's the same thing with Hurts. I mean, I know Philly wants to run the ball, mm-hmm. but only 20 completions for Hertz to me seems really low. 20 and a half. I think he's got, he had 15 last week against the the, the 49ers. And, and he really didn't have to have, he didn't have, once the, the Purdy injury occurred, he didn't have to throw throw it anymore so for me I, I think ultimately that's going to be the case uh, I, I think both quarterbacks will go over their
0: completion attempts I like those props a lot yeah no, the completions yeah for for Mahomes at 25 and a half 20 and a half for Jalen Hurts what do you make of Jalen Hurts's yards though 240 and a half do you think that they're going to make some explosive plays in the passing game or is it going to kind of be that dink and dunk down the field
1: well, I mean, how do explosive plays happen in football, right? It Usually they happen in man coverage because in zone, you always have somebody playing the deepest of the deepest, right? So, you know, and so when you're in a lot of man situations, if you break a tackle or you catch a deep ball, you're gaining yards. So, and Kansas City's a man-to-man team. Philadelphia's going to play more zone. I think Philadelphia is going to try to keep the ball in front of them. They're not going to want to give up big plays. They're not going to want to make it a one play. They're going to make Mahomes have to beat them constantly with his execution. C- certainly capable of it. I'm not saying that as a negative, but I think that that's the case. I think if you if the Eagles are going to win, they're going to need to make some big plays in the game against the chief secondary that you could make big plays, and I think he's going to have to throw the ball. Look, one of the things Hertz does really well is throw the deep ball. Now, he didn't do it against San Francisco. Maybe mm-hmm. it's his shoulder. I don't yeah. know, but I think he does. I would go over the total on yards.
0: Yeah, um, let's talk about the shoulder because he looked like he was wincing a little bit at the end of that game against the Niners. From what you're hearing, is he all good there on the shoulder, or is he going to be kind of a little bit compromised? I
1: I'm not hearing anything. I mean, I, I think everything's <laughs> just a lie. Him. I mean, we are in the lie center of the, we are in the lie capital of the world. Are you kidding me? Nobody's admitting anything. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's going to come down. Yeah. I mean, nobody's selling the truth here. So. Look, I, I do I think he's healthy? No, I don't think he's healthy. Do I think he can play well enough? Yeah, I think he can. And I think if he takes a hit on it, I think it'll wince and it'll hurt him. But we'll see how he throws it when we watch him in the game. You know, I thought last week against San Francisco, I think that did. He struggled to make... He's usually more accurate on deep pros. Now, he made the one great throw to Smith early in the game that should have been challenged. But I, I think ultimately, he still throws the ball really effectively.
0: In terms of the Chiefs' pass catchers, Kelsey, I'm sure we're all expecting him to have a big day. Is there anyone else that you think could have a big day for Kansas City, though, amongst their pass catchers?
1: You know, I think this is going to drive Big Daddy crazy, but I think Valdez Scanling has going to have a big day. I think he's <laughs> got to show up. I think he's got to play. I think his speed is a factor. You know, this nonsense. I did a radio show from uh, yesterday, and they talked talking about, are we going to sign Bradbury back? Are we going to Graham back. There's a lot of. They're not assigning Bradbury back. you are not bringing Brandon Graham back. Fletcher. I mean, these are. This is going to be the last game for all those guys because yeah, the they're not dance. going to be able to continue on. They're not. Bradbury's not a man-to-man guy. If they get Scanling on Bradbury, that's going to show up. So I think Scanling's got to have a huge day. I think it's going to be one of. I think he's got to be the guy to take some of the pressure off Kelsey because look, let's face it, they're going to line Kelsey up outside one-on-one. They're going to say, okay, well, how do you want to handle that? You want to play zone to Kelsey? We'll we'll throw it to him. If you want to play man against him. Are you double him? That, that leaves that that leaves somebody else for scantling, I and mean, he's got to utilize his skill as a speed player. Look, you know he's inconsistent, but when you study the game, you know there's plays that he has made in games that have really helped them win. The over route last week against Cincinnati, great catch. The ball was thrown behind him, kind of adjusted to it. You know the Cincinnati game where he makes the great catch down the sidelines. Uh, you know and and. You know he's he's made some he's dropped some too now but i think it's i think it's going to be critical for him to have a huge day
0: scantling's receiving yards prop is at 35 and a half the reception's two and a half
1: i think he's got to go over there i think he's got to go i hate to sound like an over over lover but i think he's got to go over on that
0: yeah he can go over on one play with his speed that he has explosive wide receiver in terms of the eagles skill position guys whether it's a pass catcher or a running back who do you think has the big day
1: well, I think all of them could. You know, I think I like Goddard at 47 and a half. I think Goddard's the nice. missing, you know, they, they in, in these games they use Goddard quite a bit. Tight end screen, tight end delay. You know, I think Goddard's a really good underrated player. And I think Goddard will have a big day. I would go over on his prop. He's the one guy to me that I think their Chiefs are going to have a tough time matching up
0: to. Love it. I, I already. I have some Dallas Goddard overs already. I got over 47 and a half. I also put a little bit on Goddard first TD score at 12 to 1. Just in case, you know, the tight end like tends that. to be the guy. Cause I like that, yeah. I mean, look at the script that they had against the New York Giants in the divisional round. They had that nice little play to Dallas Goddard. He went ahead and scored. Um, final thing, though. Miles Sanders, uh, I, I bet his over on the rushing yards because I think that he can be a little bit more explosive in the ground game, over 59 and a half, and also any TD score. You like Miles Sanders on Sunday?
1: You know, I do. I think one thing when you watch the Chiefs, when they face two back runs, they have trouble. You know, some run... Now, Jacksonville ran the ball effectively on them, right? Mm-hmm. Jacksonville in that one back run, but I think it's a Gainwell game more than it is a Sanders game. Mm. I think if you look at ATN... I think his speed gave the Chiefs trouble. I think Gainwell gave 49ers trouble. I'm
0: more of a Gainwell guy here, fam. Okay. All right. Kenneth Gainwell. I'm looking at some of his props. I believe the receptions, he's around 10 and a half. The rushing yards at 19 and a half rushing yards. He had the big runs against the Niners in the second half against them. So uh, Kenneth Gainwell is who Michael is liking for the potential props. All right, let's take our final break on the other side. It's time to get down to it. Our predictions, Super Bowl Uh-oh. champion and also Super Bowl MVP. Who will it be? We'll discuss that next year on the GM Shuffle. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. All right, it's the moment that everyone has been waiting for. Who's gonna win the big game on Sunday, Super Bowl Fifty Seven? The Chiefs and the Eagles. Right now, over at our show sponsor, DraftKings, the Eagles still one and a half point favorites. The total is at fifty. That line ain't moving, fam. It's now Yeah, we're that hanging out. there. We've been hanging out there for about six, seven days now, and I think that's where we're gonna be yeah, it's on not Sunday.
1: But I think uh, it's, it, who do you yeah, think, I think wins it's this done. thing? Yeah, I don't think it's gonna go. You know, this is, so to me, the visualization of this game that I have is the Eagles front controls the game. That the Eagles put pressure on Mahomes uh, enough to where they find a way to win the game in the fourth quarter. I think it's a fourth quarter game. I think the two Super Bowls, both these teams have won. Neither team had control of the game all at any point during the game. Let's go Philadelphia, New England. No one had control in that game. It wasn't until Brandon Graham sacks Tom Brady. And frankly, if Brady throws the ball to James White in the flat like he's supposed to on that play instead of holding it for, for, for Gronk, you know, maybe he doesn't get there. They won that game. They, they made the plays in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs down 10 in the fourth quarter. They get the third and 17 conversion to Tyreek Hill. They get the pass interference and the penalty. They make it a three-point game, and then 49ers can't get it back again. So I think it's a fourth-quarter game. I think the Eagles defensive front kind of wins the game in the fourth quarter. I see it being a back-and-forth game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a of a feel out I think it's a lot of it is going to be assessment then two quarters of adjustment and then a standalone game Uh, I don't think either team's going to run away nor do I think either team can't play from behind I think Philly will struggle if they have to play from behind they don't have a true drop back pass game because everything they want to do is off of play action but they're not going to. I don't think they're going to get behind in the game. Kansas City's defense is the, not good enough to keep them from extending the game out, and so Mahomes is going to have to play heroically. I think if you like the Chiefs, you got to bet Mahomes is the MVP. Yep. If you like Philly, I I, I would take a, I would go towards Hassan Reddick because I like that matchup <laughs> against Andrew Wiley over at right tackle. So I, I like Philadelphia in the game. I think it's going to be a 30-24 type game. I like Philly.
0: All right, so just going over that total, the total sitting at 51, 30 to 24. uh, I like that. It's almost like you're reading off of my notes here because uh, I I like the Eagles to, to win the game as well. The Eagles have been a team that we've talked about all throughout this regular season. I mean, dating all the way back to the springtime with the roster that they assembled. I just think the game is won and lost in the trenches, and I know that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, and it's not even particularly close, but I still believe the team that blocks the best, the team that gets after the other quarterback the best, is the team that ultimately wins football yeah. games late in the season. The Eagles have been that team all season long here. Hurts is a little dinged up, so that has me a little bit concerned if Spags can kind of get to him with some of those pressures, but the Eagles offensive line holds up and they're able to play from in front. Like you said, if they don't get behind, I think they control this game here. Uh, I like the Eagles to go ahead and win this game, and the MVP bet, it's funny that you brought up Hassan Redick, because I bet Hassan Redick before the conference title games at a 150 to 1 to be Super Bowl MVP mm. when it was looking like Mahomes is a little bit shaky before that Cincy game and I was like well if you see Cincinnati Reddick might get three sacks but I think Reddick can also have a big game against Kansas City as well so Hassan Reddick for Super Bowl MVP I don't know if he's going to win it because he's a defensive guy and defensive guys it's hard for them to win Von Miller was the last one to do it but if it's not Reddick, I could see one of the skill position guys for the Eagles winning that Super Bowl MVP maybe Miles Sanders maybe it's Kenneth Gainwell who knows maybe Gainwell has the well, big I mean, game to the, go ahead and win
1: I think if the Eagles score points that's going to get to hurts I mean, yeah. you know, because the, the the if the Eagles score, I mean, the reason a receiver gets it is because the scoring's a little bit lower. Cup got it last year. Edelman mm-hmm. got it the year with what the Patriots scored 13 points. That's a good point. I huh? think if you're playing that, you're, you know, I think the quarterbacks are typically the favorite. You know, clearly, if the Chiefs win, Mahomes is going to have to carry the team. There's, to me, there's no doubt. And I could see Kelsey and Mahomes being co-MVPs because those two players play their best on the, on the biggest stage. But for me, like, I just think, as you said, I think the simplest terms, I think if this is a three Mississippi game, if they have to protect and they can't, which is what Cincinnati was able to do to them. Now, look, all those Cincinnati games are decided by three points. So, yep. like, let's not let's just not assume the Eagles are going to run the way with this thing oh, here no. now. You know, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a fourth-quarter game. I, I think I, I trust Elliott more than I do Bucker. If I tr- if I did the other way, I might lean the pick towards Kansas City. I, I hate betting against Mahomes because yeah. he's so great. But I just think at the end of the day, he's got to be extra-specially great. And I think Philly as a complete team is the better team.
0: Yeah. Mahomes is plus 120 to win MVP. Hertz plus 125. If you want Hassan Reddick, he's now down to 30 to one over at DraftKings. There. All right. Well, that's the game. We both like the Eagles, and maybe if Hassan Reddick. we're
1: gonna we're gonna be together. there. we're gonna be together in, in Las Vegas. We are you gonna exactly watch right. it
0: at the Circa? Uh, I'll be at South Point. Uh, so we, Wes and I will be doing oh, the you'll show. Be at South Point. Yeah, we'll, we'll be doing the oh, show during the during the game there for the live bet angles. So if you want some in game angles, second screen experience, make sure to tune into Veasan.com and you can see Wes Reynolds. And I discussing this game uh, real quick. Have you decided what the love first it. song of, of the halftime show is going to be? Uh, have you seen Rihanna yet? N- no <laughs> idea. No idea. I've not. No idea. I no might.
1: Idea. I might just put my earbuds in and listen to the Springsteen's latest concert down in Dallas. You know, I don't know. I have no idea. I a- it would be great. I mean, look, I, I I love it. I love the commercials. I love the halftime. Uh-huh. You know what? I, I didn't realize when you go to the game, you don't see the commercials because the, no. the stadium's rights limit the commercials, so you don't get a chance to see that. But I, I look, I love all of it. I, I I probably will not pay attention until the ball gets kicked in the air. Other than that, it's going to be great
0: yeah no that's i think i'm in the same boat there because we'll be doing the show so we don't get any of the audio so i've dvr'd it to see if maybe there's some cool commercials that people talk about i'll go ahead and watch those maybe uh later on next week but that does it for this edition of the gm shuffle thank you to DraftKings. thank you to visa thank you to our producer elliot bowman on the ones and twos as always michael thank you to you i hope you enjoy the rest of your time down there in arizona i hope to see you in las vegas yeah. this weekend and i'll All talk well, to you we'll then buddy